Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Mind Affinity podcast. It's great to have you here. Today, I'm chatting with Lydia Lee, who is going to be hopefully talking a lot about confidence and archery and how the two go together, as well as probably a whole load of other things. So join us after this. The mind is capable of amazing things, and yet so many people use that immense power to hold themselves back. Imagine what you could achieve harnessing that power and using it to push yourself forward. This is the Mind Affinity Podcast, the place for advice and inspiration to help you empower yourself. Lydia, hi, thanks for coming along today. Hi, Duncan, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here. So this is the first podcast you've ever done, right? I am a little bit nervous, but kind of that nervous excited, you know, like it's not a negative nervous. I am, I'm quite happy to be trying something new. Excellent. And, you know, I think that's a really great point to start with, because I think nerves are a really good thing. People have this idea often that feeling nervous is a, is a problem, but it only really becomes a problem when you think of it as a problem. Actually, nerves can really help to give us focus and to give us energy. Uh, so hopefully those nerves are going to be really useful to make this podcast even better. <laughs> that's actually a really good way of looking at it and I find that that's a lot to do with like um, just any everyday situation whether it's sports whether it's you know going and talking in front of people and and I'm sure you must run into situations where you're having to kind of give tips tricks on how and how like people can handle that it's almost as if I've run entire workshops on it in the past <laughs> really yeah yeah um so I mean the the first formal workshop within my business that I did around that side of things was uh, confident networking workshops. So I do a lot of business networking or used to do a lot of business networking uh, to kind of introduce myself to meet new people and contacts to promote my business. And obviously I'm a rather confident person and have history sort of amateur dramatics and that kind of thing. So I'm used to presenting in that way. And then within my business, I do a lot of presentation and I help people overcome barriers around confidence. So it seemed quite natural to marry the two together. And someone came up to me in a, work, in a networking meeting and they said, gosh, I wish I could be as confident as you. And I said, you can. And he said, how? And I said, join my workshop. He said, when is it? I said, I don't know. I've just decided I'm doing it. Um, and that's actually how my confidence workshops were born, to be honest. Um, that was spare of the moment thing. Yeah. Yeah. And say, is that something you've struggled with, like yourself, prior to running the workshops? Or, you know, like, have you just magically gotten to this point? Or is that part of, like, the workshop where you do discuss... You know, that's the, the build up to? a really good question. And actually, a lot of people seem to have this assumption because I am a very confident person a lot of people seem to assume that I always have been and that is not true <laughs> outwardly I've as long as I can remember been pretty good at putting across a front of being confident that's not the same as actually being confident and even then there were some challenges around that at times so uh, I, I remember really really clearly um and it's a story I've told before, so I'll be brief with it. But standing on stage in front of, uh, it was a room full of about 360 people was the capacity of that particular theatre. Uh, and I was there one week and I was performing. I was, I, was, I was in a play, so I was playing a part. And it was just easy. I don't really even get very nervous unless it's sort of a main part or something where I'm stretching myself. 
uh, and this was just a, an easy part to play. No nerves at all. Went on, did the thing, had fun, all good. About a week later, I was in that same theatre on that same stage, and I had to stand up in front of the same number of people. But this time, I was being me, and I was talking about some of my own personal experiences. And I hadn't anticipated how scary that would be in comparison, because I was so used to talking in front of that number of people mm. when I'm playing a part or involved in something. But this was me standing up and being quite open about personal stuff, like not deeply personal stuff, um, but I just hadn't anticipated how scary that would be. And I froze, mm. like about to go on the stage, I just froze. And I suddenly realized all of these like uh, confidence techniques and things that I'd learned as part of drama that I'd been involved in. Um, I'd always kind of thought, yeah, well, they're nice, but like, surely it's easier to just accept that it's okay to be nervous and get on with it sort of thing. Um, and it was in that moment that I went, oh, oh yeah, no, I see why people need this. I, I understand now what stage fright is like and how people can just freeze in that moment and just not have the capacity to do anything other than go white and want to run away, <laughs> basically. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I've, I've definitely had my own share of experiences of the other side of things, for sure. That's a really great place to kind of personal vulnerability though you know like it, it's it's relatable right and and that's what I think as as somebody in a position like yourself or myself there then needs to strip things back down to that level right and show them I I've been there I've I've been like that I'm I know right but not as like a condescending I know where you've been and I can tell you exactly how you've done it you know I'm, I'm talking more like the, the empathy and the caring side of things, right? And, and that is, that's an important side to show. And I think that um, not enough coaches, I think, out there do that. Yeah, I think, I think that's a really valid point. Coaching's an interesting industry um, where there's so many different approaches to it. And that's great because there's so many different people that need a different kind of support. So like, that's fantastic. Um, but empathy and sympathy get confused and used in very interesting ways sometimes within the coaching world, I think. Uh, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's hugely, the empathy can be hugely lacking. Um, but sometimes I, I think also it gets a bit overplayed, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, absolutely. So for everyone who's listening, who's thinking, right, this is all great, but who is Lydia? Um, introduce yourself. Tell me a bit about who you are and what it is that you do that led to this conversation. So I'm an archery coach and I launched Flamestrike Archery last year, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Perfect um, timing. <laughs> I know it was just the best timing, but I think... Uh, I, I had a mind you know I knew what I wanted to do I was really focused in on wanting to help girls build confidence in themselves and I think what the pandemic showed me though is it's not just girls it's adults it's everyone it's men it's women it's boys and and I think that especially because of that time that we've had um, in lockdown that a lot of people have had that reflection 
right? And time to to look inwards and really evaluate things for where they at where they're at and what they're doing now. And I think it's shown me that I can grow bigger if I wanted to, or you know that there's that there's different avenues. And, and confidence is not just you know for a subset of people. So here's here's something I've been discussing recently, and it would be interesting to hear your take on it. What is confidence? So it's, it's a really short question, but a really complex answer, potentially. Absolutely. And I th- think it has to, you can't give it as like a, you know, one, one version of it where it fits all, right? Because I think what you're drawing out of people is that inner strength. And that, that is personal on everybody's journey. But it's about like we were talking about earlier, stripping things back to be able to show who you are honestly, genuinely, and truthfully. I love that. That's, that's it. That's perfect. And I think I really like that you said um, it's about drawing out that, that inner strength. I think that was your wording. Um, and, and you're right. It really is, isn't it? Drawing it out because it's already there. It's not something mm. that's, that people, I mean, something I say all the time is that everyone's already confident. It's not some external thing you need to learn. It's something that you already have. It's just we're really good at putting other stuff in the way, piling other noise on top of that, which ends up hiding that inner strength, as you said it. Absolutely. And I think that that's kind of one of those, that's one of the things that's one like hugely rewarding as a coach is seeing that development, you know, because I think as the outsider, it's easy to see, right, that someone has that potential. Mm. And yet, you know, it's about coaxing, it's about, you know, watering the seed, watching it grow, right, and making sure that the individual recognizes that it's their steps, they have actually done it themselves. It's not, they've not drawn it from somebody else, right? Absolutely. And again, same, same thing with a lot of my clients. I know that a client's been really successful when they're not thanking me for what I've done for them, but thanking me for allowing them to do it for themselves. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Like such a yes. such an important difference in perception there. So what got you into doing what you do now? Uh, or you know, what led to you starting flame strike archery and working with confidence uh so it's a twofold the story comes from two different avenues the first one is obviously my own personal journey um i struggled a lot when i was younger um and it's and i could probably pinpoint it down to the day that we moved from the neighborhood that i lived in right so uh so i'm from vancouver and in Canada, the system is similar to America. we have an elementary system, you go from five years to 12, and then you move on to high school, right? You moved up the echelon, you're in grade seven, you know, that's kind of the pinnacle, you're like the head honcho, and then you move on to grade eight, you're the little guppy again, and you got to build yourself up to grade 12 again, right? Uh, but I had moved at that right before that grade seven stage and I was completely lost. I had a network that I was already really tight in with, you know, there are people that I knew since I was five years old 
and then boom I'm thrown into a new setting I wasn't confident with myself to go out and try to make friends I did try I'm sure but it was just that those social groups were already tight-knit and they had no room or maneuvering to to welcome other people Mm. right and from there it spiraled into a whole depressed stage and I didn't recognize it at the time you know I think going through teenagehood you're already there's a lot of hormones there's a lot of uh, emotions there's a lot of change going on anyways um but I think what I didn't recognize at that time was the downward spiral that I was going through right by the time I got out uh of school by the probably early 20s I was full-blown like depressed I was um was severely overweight um and just really unhappy with myself you know and it took it took a lot of building up from there to get to where I am at now right like and I'm now then a mother right so fast forward a number of years I've gone through my journey and now I have a daughter who is struggling with social exclusion in her school. And she had, um, she had transferred schools as well too, had a hard time fitting in. And it manifested at a point where I found her, she was eight years old and I saw her, it was 5.30 in the morning underneath her bed doing sit-ups. And I'm highly alarmed now, right? And I'm wondering, what are you doing? You know, and I'm, and she breaks down and she tells me, you know, how sad she is. She doesn't have friends that she plays with. And it must be because she's not thin. Right. So she's somehow worked it out in her head and that the people who are popular in amongst the peer group are slender. They've got a certain type of build. They have a certain type of hair color. They've got it, you know. So all these things that she sees as qualities that she wishes that she could have. And now she's all of a sudden externalized like her, her inner hurt, hmm. right? So what I started doing then was uh, working with her, working with the school to try to come up with techniques to help her feel better about the type of people that she's hanging out with. And it also then changed how I dealt with the time that I'm spending with her, Hmm. right? And it became more focused on drawing out what I see in her. And it related to the archery immediately because it's a lot of, there's a lot of time and perseverance and patience that you need to see the results. And it's the same with drawing out anything from anybody else. So that's how I got started. And I thought, well, it can't surely be just myself and my daughter that's going through this. Um, And the more that I talked and the more that I was sharing my own story, it was hearing very, very similar stories coming out. And so my goal is I don't want, I don't want anyone to feel like not enough. Mm. That's that's a, a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing it. So obviously, as, as you pointed out, everyone is different. We all have our own experience and our own way of developing that inner strength or, or letting that show through, drawing it out. And obviously there were some parallels between your story and your daughter's. 
With all of these different experiences that you've seen, with everyone being different, what are the, the main commonalities? What do you see that tends to be part of the story for most people who go through experiences related to that? The commonality that I've noticed is loneliness. So it's feeling disconnected from a community or not having that com that connection with people and or if they are then it's potentially with a negative community that isn't helping to boost themselves um and i'd say the other side is um the oh, I, it's gonna sound horrible just saying lack of self-confidence but it's not seeing it's not seeing the potential right yes. and i think that's that's the hard part, right? When well, the, the, you when you do know that it's there. As a therapist and or coach, that's the that's the magic, isn't it? That's that's the hardest part sometimes for some people, but also the most powerful part is that change from not even believing, not even realizing that they're lacking that belief sometimes, into believing that change is possible because change is always possible. The first step, in most cases for most people, in embracing that change is believing that you can. Absolutely. And feeling that they're in control of that change. That yeah. it's not something that they've all of a sudden had foisted upon themselves, you know. That they're in charge, that they get to direct how that change happens or what type of change happens. Hmm. Okay. Another thing that you mentioned there is um, feeling feeling lonely even within a crowd and mm. I can I can think of time now I'm I I can think of times when I had a good positive um close circle of friends and even though at the time I, I was pretty well adjusted things were pretty fine for me I didn't have any big issues but I remember one particular occasion where I had that that really close group of there was sort of four of us really um and I, I I would always kind of jump between different friendship circles and different kind of scenarios anyway but these were the like the core group of, of friends mm. and I remember a, a time where one of them was at work and the other two were together and had gone somewhere to do something and actually that evening I didn't have anything on and I, I suddenly felt left out <laughs> I suddenly felt and and mm. looking back I absolutely know that it wasn't the case but at the time it felt like I was excluded like they actually you know they like each other more than they like me and well, so what if that was true anyway? That doesn't actually impact on, on my quality as a person or whatever. But yeah, and, and even in social situations and settings with people around me that I was close to, there still can be times where, although everything's perfectly correct and fine and looks great on paper, you can still feel like you're not part of it. And that, 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 that self-talk and that doubt can really 
Well, it has the potential to then mess up those friendships as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's hard. It's hard hearing that voice all the time, you know, and if it isn't all the time, or even if it's once in a while, it's enough doubt, it's enough insecurity to start feeding or start like snowballing down into something bigger and something that it doesn't have to be. And I think the, the magic, I think, is in the autonomy, though, is teaching them that, you know, like for, for myself, anyways, as a coach, right, that it's showing them, okay, yes, something broke down at this point, right, but can you take the steps now to, to reel back and say, see where, where it happens, and then what needs to be done? And to find out, in Lydia's opinion, what it is that needs to be done, You'll have to tune in to part two because I'm afraid that's all the time that we've got for today. So join us next week at the same time to find out more about Lydia's approach and why that autonomy is so important. Thank you for tuning in to the Mind Affinity podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, then head to mindaffinity.co.uk where you can find out what other resources we have available, including the weekly email monkey call and the weekly live videos on exploring different cognitive biases. Thanks for tuning in.